Well, thank you so much, Rena, for that intro. Um, yeah, I'm so, so excited to be with you guys today and, and share God's word. And uh, yeah, my name's, I guess you introduced me so well, I don't have to do it myself. So, <laughs> um, born and raised Brampton, Ontario, grew up with four lovely sisters who uh, I love so much. Oh, love so And my wonder, two wonderful parents, my mom and my dad, and oh, I miss them lots all the time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I currently am working at a hydraulics company. Um, don't ask me what hydraulics are, because I have no idea. Uh, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Um, I just go up, show up to work, get up, and get paid, and that's all I know about hydraulics. So, uh, yeah, um, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to, yeah, thank the church and the board for giving me this opportunity to preach today and share God's word, and uh, I'm really excited. I'm really excited because I love sharing God's word. It's, it's so powerful. It's amazing. There's nothing quite like it, and so, yeah. Um, before I start, like, I just want to commend anyone who works, works in the trades. God bless you. Like, it is such a tough environment to work in. I went from, like, four years of Bible college, uh, like, people just loving on you and sharing your, their stories with one another. And, and then I w- step into the trades, and it, trying to love people is like, running into a brick wall over and over again. And it's like, it's tough. It's hard. And so I want to commend you, like, encourage you. Like, God's love can overcome anything, can overcome any wall that people try and set up. And, oh, God's love is so powerful. So let Christ shine in you to other people and just continue to love those people who seem unlovable. Um, yeah. I, I, I know I'm struggling to do it. I've had to go and just walk, take walks outside and be like, God, I need help loving these people. So, um, but yeah. Anyways, um, that's not what I'm preaching on today. So <laughs> that's just a side, side thing. The passage that I'm going to be speaking on today is found in one of the four Gospels called Luke. Is Luke 18... 9 to 14. So Jesus, at this point in time, he's, he's teaching. And often when he's teaching, he taught in these stories called parables. So he teaches this one parable to a group of religious leaders who trusted in themselves. These people were called the Pharisees. And the Pharisees basically believed that they were always right and always the best. That's what the Pharisees believed. They were involved in all sorts of ritualistic and religious activities, they, but they didn't actually give their hearts fully to God. They never actually surrendered what was in their hearts. They were proud and did not believe in Jesus and who he was, who he claimed to be God. They did not believe in that. So this is Jesus talking to those people. And jumping into the text here, 
it says in Luke 18, verse 9 and 10, it says, Now he also told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves, that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray. So one, a Pharisee, and the other, a tax collector. Now, Pharisees, as I was saying, they're religious leaders who they would try to follow all these 613 laws. Imagine trying to follow that many laws. Uh, they, were given, uh, they were given to uh, the Jews, God's people, and, and Pharisees would, would try to follow each law to the T. Try to be perfect. And they wore their pride around to show off how spiritual they truly they were. They thought they were. And they played kind of like a comparison game. The I am holier than you game. Now, now, on the other hand, you have the tax collector. Now, the tax collector, they were the scum of society. They were like, they, were, they cheated people of their income. They stole from people, uh, they were even compared as a prostitute. They were comparable to a prostitute back then in the day. And so the worst of the worst, like society disregards them and shoves them aside and puts them at the back. So you have two very different people at the same time going to the temple to pray. You have the Pharisee who thinks he's good with God, who, who, who's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm always the best. I'm always right. I'm good with God. And then you have the tax collector who knows deep down in his heart and understands who he is before God, who knows he's a sinner. And here's how the Pharisee prays to God. In verse 11, continuing, the Pharisee stood and began praying this in regard to himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other people. Wow. <laughs> I thank you that I am not like other people. That's what the Pharisee is praying. This guy who thinks he's good with God is praying. Swindlers, crooked, adulterers, or even and he probably points, or even like that tax collector that's sitting over there. I thank you that I'm not like him. In verse 12, it says, I, I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. And you see, there's, there's a lot of I statements in that prayer. Not a lot of God, not, not, he's not saying God. He's saying, I do this, I do that. And take notice of, he's basically even praying to himself. It's almost as if he's center stage and it's all about him and not God. God is in the background somewhere and it's all about him. His posture before God is, I am good with you. I am righteous. But he's actually comparing and judging. And this probably isn't even a prayer. It's more like a self-promoting speech saying, yeah, I'm a good person. 
I do this, I do this, I do that. I'm a good person. I'm good enough to get right with you, God. And this Pharisee, he could have, he probably memorized so much of the Old Testament, so much of the Bible, even. He could have been teaching a class on the Bible. He may have even been a graduate from some prestigious theological school. Who knows? On the other hand, you have the short, simple prayer of the tax collector. In verse 13, it continues. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, so he's probably like back here. Well, the mic can't stand too far. <laughs> but he's probably like back there somewhere. The Pharisee's probably like up right at close at the front and thinking, I'm good with God. But the tax collector's way over there. Standing some distance away, he wasn't even willing to raise his eyes towards heaven, but was beating his chest, saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. So the sinner's posture before God is just himself, not who he pretends to be, like the Pharisee, but who he actually is. He knows who he is. He's a sinner. And Jewish prayer hours were actually 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. So, so after a long day's work, or maybe a sleepless night, you can picture it, even while they're both on the uphill climb to the temple, you can probably imagine them walking together and the tax collector being like, this guy has it all together. I don't. I don't have it all together. There's something in my heart, there going on in my heart that I'm not right with God. And the sinner's head down knowing another day has gone by of him cheating and stealing. And, and standing far off, like I said earlier, far back there signifying his unworthiness to even be in that temple. Not able to look to God, but beating, up his, beating on his chest, signifying that he's actually beating up his own heart because he's ashamed of who he is. He knew that his heart was too wicked to come before God. And all he can say is be merciful to me, the sinner, knowing that out of all the people, he might just be the worst. And, and now here's what Jesus has to say about those two different people. In verse 14, he says, I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other one. For everyone who exalts himself Will, will be humbled. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So Jesus gives justification, and he gives the final say. And what he states here is that the, the sinner has been made right with God and not the Pharisee. 
And justification simply means declared right with God. You see, it is God and God alone who will raise up and God who will put down. And we, we get to choose. The Pharisee chose to elevate himself while the tax collector chose to humble himself before God because he knew about the sin in his heart. He knew he was poor in spirit. And and so Jesus is calling out the Pharisees here saying, you better be aware of what's inside your heart, of what's going on. And humble yourselves or else you will never be lifted up by me. So he's warning the self-righteous religious Pharisees to drop their religious stances because the Pharisees can't grasp on their own strength by what they do. They can't grasp justification with God, being made right with God. And Jesus says, you may be exalted on this earth, but not in my kingdom. You may look impressive to the people around you, but not in my kingdom. You will, you will be rejected in my kingdom. So he raises up or puts down, and we get the choice on whether we want to exalt ourselves or let God do the exalting. There's a book um, uh, called Parables of Grace. It's by Robert Farrar Capon. And here's how he describes this parable, this story from Jesus in Luke 18. He says, While God is sustaining the whole world in his hands, these two people come into his temple. The Pharisee pulls up to God's table and whips out a deck of cards. The Pharisee says, I'm on a win streak. And he gives God the cards. And God says, maybe you're not. The Pharisee then takes his cards and says, come on. So the Pharisee deals a two of fasting and a king of no adultery and maybe a queen of five straight hours of prayer. God says, maybe this is not your game. Look, I told you, I don't want to take your money. This goes on, and God looks a little annoyed and says, Look, I meant it. Don't play me. It might have worked with your friends over there, but dealing those cards will not work with me. It might have worked with your friends over there. It might have worked with the people around you, but it won't work with God. You can't confuse God. You can't trick God into pretending who you actually are. And and then the odds here are the guy over there. God goes on to say, besides, you haven't even gotten a, a full deck. You won't be able to trick me. The odds here are always on my side. You'd be smarter to be like the guy over there who came in with you. He realized he lost his cards before he got there. Why don't you both have a drink and head home? As far as a Pharisee trying to win a justification game with God, he can't. Is utterly hopeless 
to play that t- type of game with God. While they're both losers, at least a tax collector has the sense to recognize the fact and trust God's offer for a free drink, the drink of mercy. That's what the tax collector has because he knows he's come to the end of himself. He knows he's he's a sinner before God and he knows he needs his grace. So he has that offer and he takes that offer of, of a free drink of mercy by saying, be merciful to me, God, the sinner. The Pharisee's error is that he clutched on to the good things he was doing, thinking it will justify him before God. And God will not receive our life if we believe we earned a spot on its roster. Like, just like trying out for any sports team. Uh, we try out and we, we have a couple tryouts or, and, and we earn the spot on the roster. And with God, we can never earn a spot because he's always the one that saves us by his grace. We can never earn a spot on his roster by our strength alone, by our might, by our own willpower. Rather, he takes only the people who believe in him, not the people who believe in themselves. He raises up or puts down, and we get to choose. And, and I know for a fact that has been my story. See, I always came to church with a glowing smile. I, at one point, I was like going to church four to five times a week. I was helping out with Alpha and youth and doing this and that. Always telling people Bible verses and uh, trying to prove that I was good enough, that there was no secret sin in, in my life, even though there was. And, and this led me to judging and comparing myself to others. It led to me, as C.S. Lewis would put it, unable to see God who is above me because I'm constantly looking down at other people. And God continually reminds me, you were that sinner, Addison. You were that. For you bring nothing to me but your sin so that I can justify it and make you righteous and lead you into holy life with me. So, so don't miss the point that we're not able to save ourselves. And if we don't recognize our own sin, coming humbly before him, we will not be exalted, rather put down and turned away. So, so could we look inside our own hearts and say, with that tax collector, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. You see, the, the way to Jesus, the only way to Jesus is through humility. No one ever got to Jesus by saying, oh, I deserve to be with him. Not one single person ever received anything good from God by saying, I deserve his grace and love towards me. Not one. Because God opposes the proud. He opposes them. He is against those who are, who are not willing to accept their own sin. 
He's against those. But he gives grace to the humble who say, yeah, I fall short of your glory, God. Yeah, I fall short of the mark. I miss the mark lots. He accepts those because we're actually true to ourselves, who God made us to be. When we say, when we recognize the sin in our own hearts, we're actually true to that. Only by being humble before God, we get to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's the way. I'm telling you, it's the best way. It's the best life you're ever going to live. It's a life with Jesus Christ. Augustine once said, if you ask me the essential thing to being a believer in Jesus Christ is first, humility, second, humility, and third, humility. (laughs) So humility is huge. And if we ever find ourselves comparing or thinking that we are better than we actually are or worse than we actually are, um, that's a good indicator that we are not being real with ourselves and God. The danger of pride is, is very evident throughout the story. Our good deeds just don't measure up. God will always choose someone who is repentant of their sin over someone who is proud of who they are. He will always choose someone who is repentant over someone who is too proud to recognize their own sin in their heart. Someone who admits what he has done over someone who hides what he has done. And, and I, I was hiding for what I, what I had done for a long time. Uh, for me and my, my story, uh, I struggled lots with pornography. In high school, my, my, my three gods were sports, girls, and popularity. Those were my three gods. And uh, I, I, I was pretty hopeless. I was feeling pretty hopeless. As I was chasing after these two things and, and leaving God just at church, kind of, putting it in my back pocket saying, no, no, it's a, I'm not going to confess my sin. I'm going to just hide it away in my heart. But God sees everything. And he, so he saw me, how broken I actually was. And he said, Addison, I want you to come, come back. I want you to be real with me, that you're broken and that you need me. So there's always this invitation to allow yourself to be made right with God. And we need to be made right with God because of our sins. We often have kind of a twisted view of God's grace thinking that we have to earn it, but we don't have to earn it. Jesus was perfect for us. And what we do have to be is obedient and faithful to confess our sins, to to say to Jesus, I'm broken and I need you, when we do end up choosing death over life, when we do end up sinning against God. He's faithful and just to forgive me of all the times. Ah, I watched pornography. He's faithful and just all the times. I lied to my parents. He's faithful and just to forgive me of all the times I messed up. I admitted my sin, though, 
and did not try to cover it up eventually when once God reached me. I said, yeah, I'm at the end of myself. I can't do this on my own. I need your grace, God. And so I invite all you guys to participate in that same grace that God, I know, has so richly given me for, for my many sins. I, I said, God, be merciful to me, the sinner, resonating with that tax collector who just, who just is at the end of himself and saying, I need your grace. I need your grace. Not, not so I can go and sin again, because grace is never licensed to sin again, but so I can live for him and be obedient and love him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength and love other people as I love myself. So, to wrap up, um, do you, just I want you to be thinking about that throughout the week. Um, that God has endless mercy, and if we just acknowledge the sin in our hearts and go to Him and confess it, and say, I'm broken, and I need you, God. If we acknowledge, acknowledge that in our lives, watch what God can do with that. Watch how he can transform you from the inside out, and how his spirit will give you new life in Jesus Christ, because that's what it's all about. That's why we live, is for Jesus Christ. That's why we're here on this earth is to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. So if there's anything in our hearts and uh, getting in the way of our relationship with him, if there's any pride or comparison as going against God's way in our hearts, we need to repent of that and confess it to him. And we need to address that. So um, I'll pray and then uh, and then we have, uh, I believe we have just with the tithes and offerings will come along. Um, but if you're here today, you want to know Jesus. Like, he's, he's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. To, for you to come and say, yeah, I'm going to come to the end of myself. I'm going to come to the end of myself. I'm going to Repent and say, Jesus, I need you. Because it's the best decision you'll ever make. Because Jesus loves you and wants to know you. Wants to get to know you more and more and more. And for you to know him more and more and more. He has endless love for you. God so loved the world that he, he, he came on this earth and died where we were supposed to, when we were supposed to die on that cross. And that's the beauty of relationship with him. Um, yeah, and so throughout this week, if um, and, and we have a mandate to share that throughout this week, that Jesus loves you and wants a relationship with you. So I encourage you to share it with, with anybody, everybody. Listen to what Jesus is saying. 
it's the best thing ever to be obedient and, and to just trust in him and be led by the Holy Spirit. Um, so, church, uh, let's pray, and then we'll get into the tithes and offerings. Jesus, I just pray that you would humble our hearts, knowing that we bring nothing to you but our sin, and you, you have taken our sins and nailed to them the, to the cross. You who have done that, who have died for us because you love us, that we would know that we can be made right with God at any point because of what you did on the cross. Be merciful to us, God. For me, the sinner, be merciful. For you alone, you alone, raise up, Jesus, and put down. And I pray that evangelical free church would be filled with people who get raised up by God because they are humble before you, Jesus. And I pray that you give us the power of the Spirit to witness to other people about this great love that we've encountered that has transformed our lives. And I thank you for that love, Jesus, that love that endures forever, that's so patient and kind. Yeah, and, and if anyone here is just wondering about this or wanting to dive deeper into this, Jesus, draw them in by your spirit, God. Thank you for your love and your patience with every single one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.